1: Score. I'm your host, Don De La Rente and I'm here with my co-host, the Libra icon, Dwayne. What's going on, Dwayne? How much uh,
0: to oh, give you some
1: Alright. Know the score is being brought to you by CSPN. You can find us on the web at cspn.us. So, like you said, Dwayne, we're gonna start our know the score. NFL preview we're going to start with the NFC West and the AFC West so we're going to start first off with the NFC West and the Arizona Cardinals we're going to start with their key additions they got a brand new coach in Steve Wilkes they added Sam Bradford and Mike Glennon both quarterbacks they added wide receiver Bryce Butler and offensive lineman Justin Pugh and Andre Smith along with cornerback Jamar Taylor. So, as we'll talk about here in a second, the Cardinals are going through a whole bunch of reshuffling, new coach. They basically had to change up their quarterback room. I know that you're familiar with Steve Wilkes. He's a Carolina Panther um, Rivera disciple. Um, So, talk about what he's going to bring to the Arizona Cardinals.
0: Uh, He's going to bring a lot of discipline on the defensive side. Uh, He's going to bring a lot of interesting schemes to the Defense, offensive side of things, it's going to be really interesting to see what creativeness he does. It's really going to be more on the coordinators here to um, get this thing going. But I do like the fact that, you know, minority coaches get an opportunity here, uh, especially with the Cardinals. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see how things go, and I am very, very keen on how, you know, these guys are going to do, especially um, Deion Buchanan, um, Scooby Wright. We're going to see how it goes. Uh, They got a pretty decent secondary, Antoine Bethea, who knows Steve Wilson's defensive scheme from his time in Carolina. Guys on the ends and uh, Chandler Jones there, so Marcus Golden of course. So it's probably gonna be a three-four scheme, and we'll just have to see how how things go, you know, in this in this new regime here in Arizona. It's gonna be a lot of a lot of change, a lot of different philosophies from before. You had a great coach that we'll talk about in just moment here but um, you know I, I just really like the really interesting to see this. it's gonna be one of the more interesting teams that's gonna be coming in this season. So this was a big gamble by Steve of the GM and you know we'll see what happens. Mike McCoy, who is the former Broncos coach, is the offensive coordinator. Byron Netflix is the quarterback's coach, and like I said, pretty
1: talented just ready to see how it goes. We'll talk about their losses, as they had many. They lost their coach, Bruce Arians, of course, Carson Palmer, Drew Stanton, and Blaine Gabbert, and Matt Barkley, so their whole quarterback room has been changed. Uh, running back, Adrian Peterson, wide receivers, John Brown, and Jerian Brown. Safety, the Honey Badgers, Haran Matthew, cornerback Justin Bethel, cornerback Jermaine Tremaine Williams, excuse me, defensive tackles, Josh Morrow and Kareem Martin. So, you know, like you said, new regime coming in, new philosophies. So there's going to be some players who don't fit the philosophy. And in the case of the Honey Badger, maybe money doesn't, uh, you know, add up. So he, you know, have to go elsewhere. So a lot of big names uh, that they lost on the Arizona Cardinals uh, this past offseason.
0: Yeah, well, in the meantime, I mean, you look at Bruce Arians, I mean, Bruce has been doing the football thing for many years. He deserves retirement. Wingest coach in Arizona Cardinals history. And this season includes going back to the days of the Chicago Cardinals. So, um, you know, remember the Cardinals are the oldest NFL team. So, the season is the 99th season of, of the um, team, 31st in Arizona. So, um, but Carson Palmer, obviously, I mean, he had, he had a flourish under Bruce Arians, had a couple of injuries that ended his, you know, that ended his season and ultimately the career. So he goes up to the sunset as well. Um, like I said, a whole new quarterback's room, you know, and I'm just looking great era, pretty successful era. They had that appearance in the NFC title game in 2015 when they lost to the uh, Panthers. But you know, Adrian Peterson, things didn't just quite work out there. I also think that, you know, you got rid of Brown and Brown and John and Jerron. The only constant here is who re-ups for one year, so Hopefully he'll have be able to make something not enough. And we you know Sam Bradford is one of the premier check-down quarterbacks in the NFL. So I uh, hope Larry Fitzgerald can you know, find ways to get more yards down the field. They do still have their speedster J.J. Nelson. They still have uh, Jermaine Gresham there as well. Uh, Bryce brought their Greg Little. Some additions there as well in the offensive side.
1: In the draft, they added quarterback Josh Rosen, wide receiver Christian Kirk, and center Mason Cole. So I don't think that Josh Rosen is going to be expected to uh, pay many dividends this season. It may be a kind of sit-and-watch situation for him. But Christian Kirk may be a guy that uh, gets a lot of run, can learn some things from Larry Fitzgerald, and maybe hopefully be the heir apparent. So what do you think about Christian Kirk's playing time and what he could add to this team.
0: Well, it's going to be very interesting to see how things go for Christian Kirk. I mean, he they did draft him with the hope of becoming Larry Fitzgerald's heir apparent. I mean, you know, it's pretty much not a matter of if Larry Fitzgerald retires and swim. And, you know, it's time to see what he could do. I mean, second round second-round pick. Um, you know, he has a great potential to be a very great player. Um, you know, we might be seeing a lot of connections, a lot of a lot of touchdowns from Josh Rosen to Christian Kirk in the future. And the hope is that these guys will flourish uh, down the road. So there's a lot of... Faith, a lot of potential, a lot of uh possible success there, and just have like to see how it plays out depends on what kind of work he puts on the field.
1: Alright. Next we'll move over to the Los Angeles Rams, the team that did the most wheeling and dealing in the offseason by far. Their key additions are wide receiver Brandon Cook. Damon Su, defensive tackle, cornerback Marcus Peters, and Akeep Talib, cornerback Sam Shields as well, and linebacker Rameek Wilson. Now the Rams have added more speed on the outside with Cooks. They've uh, totally changed up their secondary with uh, Peters and uh, Talib on the outside. Talib knows uh, the system very well that Wade Phillips is going to run they're going to try to pair who alongside Aaron Donald. Uh, contract yet to be determined. So talk about the Los Angeles Rams. They look so formidable on paper. But do you think there's going to be chemistry issues? Or do you think that they can make this thing work and go? Because they're going for the Super Bowl like this year. It's very obvious.
0: I mean, they have one of the biggest surprises of last season, I mean, they got back to first, they got a new coach, Sean McVay. He led them to pretty wild heights last season. And now, it's going to be who is, who's going to take it to the next level. So this is why they made these moves. I know they were, like you said, they were probably looking into the, you know, trying to get a Super Bowl in the new stadium, trying to get a Super Bowl celebration in the new Inglewood Stadium by trying to get this one this year. So the additions, uh, Brandon Cooks, he's a speed, speed receiver, probably faster than Sammy Watkins, you know, who is also a speedster, but my concern was, you know, I mean, Watkins didn't get the ball as much as he should have. Uh, You know, he's such a big threat, and Brandon Cooks poses a threat as well. And then you have, uh, you also have, on the defensive end, a formidable, formidable line with Sue and Donald, uh, potentially, you know, wrecking havoc on opposing quarterbacks. And like in the secondary with uh, Peterson to leave on opposite sides of the ball. That's going to be a very, very good uh, secondary deal. I like the fact that the Rams made these moves. I also like the fact they're going full-time with the blue and yellow throwbacks for the season. So not only are they trying to bring back a nostalgic feeling, but they're trying to bring so moving forward as well as they try to get that you know, super bowl there and get that Thursday night game in the
1: world for 2020 or 2019 season. Their key losses are receivers T- Tavon Austin and Sammy Watkins, linebacker Alec Ogletree, defensive end Robert Quinn, cornerbacks KV on Webster and Tremaine Johnson. So, Um, some really good defensive players they lost. Uh, The receivers, you know, like you said, you maybe think Sammy Watkins could have gotten more looks. Seems like nobody could ever figure out what to do with Tavon Austin. Um, They could never get a defined role for him. So it'll be interesting to see if they can recover, especially Alec Ovaltree. Ovaltree, I thought he was a very good player for them. It'll be interesting to see if they can kind of, you know, fill that void as the season goes on. So of these key losses, Especially on defense, which one do you uh, think is going to hurt them the most?
0: I think the uh, one is going to really hurt them the most. I'll say two. The first one's Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn and Aaron Donald, the two guys on the end that could really get to the quarterback. And, you know, that's going to be a huge, a huge deal. And also Tremaine Johnson as well. Tremaine Johnson was one of the top shutdown corners for this team. But when you up, you know, you view a guy that's familiar in the system with Aki Khalid, you really feel like Marcus Peters is more of an upgrade to what you want to do than Tremaine Johnson. I think those two really stuck out to me. And I like it also a little town.
1: In the draft, they added an offensive lineman in Joe Noteboom and a center in Brian Allen and a defensive end, John Franklin Myers. So, you wouldn't expect them to be, you know, making too many big splashes in the draft since they added all these names in the in the free agency in the preseason. But uh, it's going to be very interesting to see if Sean McVay can get the chemistry together on the team uh, along with Wade Phillips, kind of their coaching. I think it's going to have to do a lot more with the locker room than the actual, you know, on the field. I think the talent on the field may help them win a lot of games, but can they keep everybody's ego in check and all those personalities focused on trying to win the Super Bowl and, uh, you know, something special could happen for the Rams.
0: I think they. I think they can. I think one thing about Sean McVay, he is a young coach. He's thirty-two years old, but he's already commanded a lot of respect in that organization, in that team. I think, and look what, look what he did with Jared Goff. I mean, we all saw the Jeff Fisher effect in the case of Jared Goff. That Jared Goff would be horrible with his first eight starts, but then got full season with a good quarter coach, who is a brilliant offensive mind. And you know you go 11 and 5, and you know, we West, get a playoff game. So I think they already have the chemistry, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I think Wade Phillips, who's a better coordinator than the get the defensive check. I think if the Rams stay healthy, that's really going to be the thing. Can they stay healthy enough and survive that California weather to make it to the promised land, which is super
1: cool. All right, this is Know the Score. I'm their host, Don DeLaRente. I'm joined by my co-host, the Lever icon, Dwayne, and we are previewing the NFC West. So we're going to move on to the San Francisco 49ers. Their key additions in the offseason, cornerback, Richard Sherman, center, Weston Richburg, running back, Jarek McKinnon, offensive guard, Jonathan Cooper, and defensive end, I'm going to butcher this, Jeremiah Asichel. Hopefully, I didn't do too bad of a disservice on that. Um, Coming off a great second half of the season, uh, where they... You know, got themselves a, hopefully for them, a franchise quarterback. Everything is pointing up towards Jimmy Garoppolo being a franchise quarterback. Uh, they added Jared McKinnon in the backfield. Uh, surprise move for me. Thought that maybe Carlos Hyde would be, you know, their franchise guy after the second half that he had once he got an established quarterback. But, uh, you know, greener pastures prevailed for him. So, of these key additions, you know, Richard Sherman would probably be the biggest name. But do you feel that somebody besides him will have a greater impact when it comes to the 49 Nineers season this year?
0: I think Jerick McNeal is going to be the bigger impact because that that will allow Carlos Hyde to get you know more more rest. And he now, Carlos
1: Hyde signed with the Browns in the in the free did. agency. Yep.
0: He did, he did. Okay, really cool. Um, uh, in that case, I think. Um, I really think looking at the key additions, probably it will be Richard Sherman, but we'll have to see how he's going to do coming off that injury. And, and once we see how he does off that injury, we'll go from there. But it's really probably the key, probably the key addition that's not on here was signing Jimmy Garoppolo to that to that deal that locked him in as their franchise quarterback. He was really effective in the grand scheme of things in, in the 49ers offense. I mean, this was a team that started, what, 0-10 and then they finished, what, 6-10? Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, I don't, I don't think he's going to go 16-0 next season, but he's going to really have a decent season. And uh, the, the rapport he already built with a lot of these, a lot of these receivers has been amazing. Uh, coming in, and it's, well, it only has to go up.
1: Again, their key losses, running back Carlos Hyde, center Daniel Kilgore, and defensive end Elvis Dumerville.
0: See, this wasn't listed in the key losses. That's why I thought Hyde was still there. Oh, okay. Okay. That's why. All right. So, um. I think, if, I think they should have locked over to I think he was – he had a nice – I mean, everywhere he's been, he's had a great defensive presence. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they react to that and, and go from there. So, um, not really – I really must say really with the 49ers, I like they really didn't they added a couple key players. They already got their franchise quarterback. Uh, they locked in his favorite target as well, Marquise Goodwin. You saw, uh, if you saw those six games, Garoppolo and Goodwin, they really developed uh, major chemistry. That became his favorite target. Uh, Goodwin's numbers went up. And and so I want to see how that continues to go from there. So, Really, they didn't do too much in, in the grand scheme of things, but keep, this, keep everything from last year. We'll just have to see how it goes with the full body work and a full season ahead.
1: In the draft, they added offensive tackle Mike McClinchy, wide receiver Dante Pettis, linebacker Fred Warner, and safety Tavares Moore. So one more target and somebody to protect Garoppolo in the future and uh, some more help on defense. So, you know, smart drafting. If you're only going to have limited draft picks, you know, you got to use them wisely. So, I think the 49ers are going to be in the mix for sure this upcoming season. Um, maybe not quite a playoff team, but they're definitely going to be on the fringe. They're going to be, you know, on the in-the-hunt box when, the uh, you know, uh, November rolls around. Yeah. Agreed. I think, I think they'll probably definitely
0: battle Seattle or possibly second in the NFC West. I think the Rams have – I think the Rams are in the division. I mean, we're going to go in a little bit. But I think they – I agree though. definitely a playoff contender uh, on paper
1: right now. So, All right. See so yeah, how plays out. And our final team that we're going to preview in the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks. Their key additions, wide receiver Brandon Marshall, linebacker Barcavius Mingo, Tight end Ed Dixon, wide receiver Jan Brown, um, safety Maurice Alexander, cornerback Dante Johnson, offensive lineman DJ Flooker, and kicker Sebastian, Janik- Sebastian Janikowski. So Seattle going through a identity change this year, as we'll talk about their key losses here in a second. Um, Brandon Marshall bouncing around the league here. His last couple of years can't seem to find a home. Uh, Ed Dixon you know, coming in from the Ravens. So, talk about who you think is going to help the Seattle Seahawks as they make this transition from what we've known them as to maybe Russell Wilson's team.
0: Well, I think with the – it is going to be a huge transition. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson is going to have to really step his game up and he's going to be the uh, We're known for him scrambling and making plays with his legs, which is awesome. That's what he does very well. But we're going to have to really see him be more of a passer because we don't have – we'll get into the losses a little bit. Um, You you don't have Jimmy Graham. you got Random Marshall. But who are you gonna I mean besides Brandon Marshall, who else you have? We got rid of Jermaine Kirsch. You got rid of Paul Richardson, we got rid of um it looks like this will be a team of CJ Pro in the backfield, you got Doug Baldwin, still you got Tyler Lockett, he's probably gonna be a third receiver. Jerome Brown who signed came from Arizona, he's in Seattle now. Ed Dixon, I think he's going to – I mean, he played in Carolina. So he was under Greg Olson. I think he went from being stone hands to a pretty reliable uh, tight end. So I think he has something, something there for Russell Wilson. So this is going to be a more offensively focused team than we've seen in the past. I mean, there's still key cons in the Seattle defense, um, but we'll just have to see how things go because, you know, Bobby Wagner is probably the anchor in the defense, and as long as they have, as long as they have, you know, that anchor on defense and a couple of guys that have returned and hey, <laughs> you know, they got a very good kicker in Sebastian Janikowski. So, we'll see what happens in the, in the transition of the Seattle Seahawks.
1: The key losses were many, especially on the defensive side, where we had cornerback Richard Sherman, of course. We had defensive lineman Michael Bennett, defensive lineman Sheldon Richardson, defensive lineman Cliff Averill. A cornerback Jeremy Lane, cornerback Deshaun Shedd, tight end Luke Wilson, tight end Jimmy Graham, and wide receiver Paul Richardson. So the Legion of Boom is no longer constituted as we knew it. It has been totally broken up. It looks like Earl Thomas is the only one left, and he's doing everything he can to get out of Seattle. He wants to go play for the Cowboys in his heart. So Uh, of the many losses on defense, I know it's going to be hard to pick just one, but just talk about this philosophy change and, um, you know, how did you see Seattle winning football games now? Because it doesn't look like they're going to be able to stop anybody or at least not to the effect that we're used to.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, Cam Chancellor is virtually retired. So, you know, he's on the pup list right now. Like you said, Earl Thomas is, is trying to get out of Seattle. Byron Maxwell came back to Seattle, but is he really the same Byron Maxwell? And will he be as effective without Richard Sherman on the other side? I say no. Um Bobby Wagner is gonna be the anchor of the defense and and he's gonna have to really be the leader. He's gonna have to be the guy that's going to Make all the tackles. Make all the. the, He's going to be the quarterback of that defense, and it's not going to be what we have come to know about Seattle for the last uh, four or five years. It's that era is over, and now we just got to. It is going to be transition. The that's going to be the identity, Um, but. We're in a, like I said, it's just a transition phase. And I just don't see being the top team in the NFC West for all this time. And we kind of saw the changing of the guard last year when the Rams won the NFC West. And, you know, it used to be that it was either Seattle or Arizona in the division. Now, you know, L.A., is coming. Seattle's transitioning. San Francisco's on the rise, and Arizona's a wild card. So, this defense, I think the biggest loss was probably going to be uh, Cliff Avril, Michael Bennett, because they were able to get to the quarterback, and they made a lot that pressure that they put on opposing quarterbacks made it a lot easier for the secondary to get interceptions, made it easier for. Uh, the middle linebackers and outside linebackers to make plays. And, you know, without a big rush, it's going to be very – it would be crazy to see see, Seattle give up a lot of points that we're not used to.
1: All right. And additions for the uh, key rookies that they had in the draft, running back Rashad Penny, defensive end Rasheem Green. Uh, punter, Michael Dixon, and outside linebacker Shaq Griffin. So of course Shaq Griffin would probably be the most notable for his story. Um, his brother also his twin brother also plays for the uh, Seattle Seahawks as well. So that'll be a very fun story to watch uh, throughout the, you know, preseason especially and then we'll see what type of, you know, plays or time he gets during the regular season. But I'm more interested in Rashad Penny because, you know, we've had this kind of musical chairs at running back since uh, um, Marshawn Lynch has, you know, left uh, Seattle. They can't find, you know, that that every down running back. So that's who I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can contribute in the preseason and throughout the season.
0: Well, it's going to just depend on the health because that's the reason why there's no consistent running back in Seattle. We saw Chris Carson. We saw Mike Davis. We saw – C.J. Procise, uh, J.D. McKissick. We have so many – every single time Seattle got a back that looks like they were promising after Marshawn Lynch, we thought Thomas Rawls was going to be that guy. He got hurt, and now he's gone. Uh, C.J. Procise was on the way. He got hurt. Mike Davis was pretty effective. Then he got hurt. Chris Carson was looking good. Then he got hurt. So – if Rashad Penny is able to avoid that injury bug in that running back's room, he might be, he might be the guy. And, and um, you know, he's going to, to really be that guy that can get up the field. And, you know, that will help Russell Wilson in so many ways in terms of getting rid of the ball in or out the pocket, because and if Kenny, if Rashad Penny can catch the ball, even better, because he can have the security blanket out the backfield, and it's going to just be one, one um, dynamic offensive. That is a success.
1: All right. So as we wrap up the NFC West, let's go ahead and get your uh, predictions. We don't have to give a record, but. You know, who do you think is going to win the division? And do you think there's going to be more than one playoff team from this division?
0: One playoff team, the winner will be the L.A. Rams. Uh, Seattle second, San Francisco third. You can flip-flop that if you want to. And then I think Arizona is going to be in that transition. They're going to be the team that that uh, hits a seller in this
1: division all right i think as well that the rams are going to win the division again i think that san francisco is going to be a close second and then i think uh seattle and is going to be a little bit farther back and then like you said cardinals are going to be in rebuilding mode so they may be near the top of the draft next year so that was the nfc west preview this is Know The Score. Know The Score can be found on ZSPN. We can also be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So now we're going to shift over to the AFC West. We're going to start with the Denver Broncos. They added quarterback Case Keenum, defensive tackle Clinton McDonald, cornerback Tremaine Brock, and punter Marquette Keek. Uh, their key losses were the running back, C.J. Anderson, left tackle Donald Stevenson, and cornerback Akib Talib. So, new quarterback, you know, Denver's kind of had this musical chairs thing going around it, quarterback since Peyton Manning left in the last Super Bowl. Um, I really liked, uh the guy that they had last year. I can't think of his name. His name is escaping me. But he just threw too many interceptions, and he couldn't, you know, get enough touchdowns going Trevor Simeon. He couldn't get enough touchdowns to, you know, offset his interception problems. But I thought, you know, if they kind of would stick with him, that he would maybe grow into that. But they've gone out and got Case Keenum. So how do you see Case Keenum working in to the Denver Broncos offense and their offensive philosophy?
0: Well, there's new – I think for Case Keenum, it's going to be – He's gonna have the opportunity to start. uh, Paxton Lynch, we thought he would be ready by now, but apparently he's not. Anytime you lose a competition to Trevor Simeon, that kind of shows you're far from ready. So uh, now this, uh, I really thought Case Keenum was perfect in Minnesota. I thought that was the perfect team for him. He really embraced that city. The the fans embraced him as well. You remember that skull chant in the New Orleans game that he led and the crowd was all behind it. So, you know, now that he's moved on to Denver, I think that, you know, it's going to be tough because, you know, Broncos fans always compare every quarterback since Elway to Elway. With the exception of Peyton Manning, but I just hope that he does well, uh, and I hope that he's able to get the ball to the right receivers. Um, to, but he's got he's got guys to throw it to. It's not like he doesn't have guys to throw to. So I think he'll be okay. I think he doesn't have to worry about looking over his shoulder for. Somebody to try to take his job, and he's got two great receivers on the outside: Demarius Thomas, Demaryius Sanders, and and so Case Keenum will be fine, and there should be no, no not that many issues unless he just has very very poor play that forces the his hand.
1: All right, they added in the draft edge rusher Bradley Chubb, receiver Cortland Sutton, running back Royce Freeman, cornerback Isaac Guyton, linebacker Josie Jewell, and receiver Deshaun Hamilton. So Bradley Chubb was maybe widely considered the all-around best player in the draft. He fell down to them at number five. He's going to help Von Miller create some havoc back on that defensive line. So, you know, this could kind of be the same team that Minnesota was for Case Keenum, where he just has to go out there and make the right play. doesn't have to make the spectacular play. Don't be afraid to punt. And, you know, the defense doesn't look like they're going to have much fall off, except for maybe in the secondary. But if they can get enough pressure up front with Chubb and Von Miller, that might not be such an issue. So, how do you see Bradley Chubb affecting this defense, getting younger, one more pass rusher? And maybe helping out the secondary that isn't gonna be quite as good.
0: It's perfect. Uh because Demarcus Ware retired and DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller were one dynamic duo on the on the outside. Just look at Super Bowl fifty, which I don't wanna relive, but that was a prime example. Um, so with that being said, you get Bradley Chubb in, put him opposite Von Miller. And if Von Miller continues to wreak havoc, Bradley Chubb is going to be right there beside him wreaking havoc on the opposite side. And not only, not only do you still have um, that that help from um, Bradley Chubb, you also have you also have. Actually, do not. Oh yeah, yeah, you do. You got Shane Ray. Shane Ray is still on the outside as a linebacker. So you can always plug in those two uh, top – I want to say top ten picks. You you can rotate those guys in and out along with Von Miller. So the drop-off isn't isn't much whatsoever when it comes to – when it comes to the addition of Bradley Chubb on the defensive side of the ball.
1: We'll move over to the Kansas City Chiefs, as they added receiver Sammy Watkins, linebacker Anthony Hitchkins, cornerback David Emerson, and cornerback Kendall Fuller. Their key losses were quarterback Alex Smith, offensive guard Zach Fulton, receiver Albert Wilson, defensive tackle Benny Logan, edge rusher Tom Bahali, and cornerback Marcus Peters. So, uh, Alex Smith had a career year last year. Um, he's no longer with the team. Marcus Peters uh, was having a, a came off a great year, maybe not so much um, this past season. He's no longer with the team. Chamba Ali, who was known as their best pass rusher, he's no longer on the team. So, a team that won the division last year going through so many changes, especially with their offense and their major players on defense. What do you think is going to be affected the most, the offense or the defense, with the loss of Alex Smith or Tom Bahali?
0: That's a good question because
1: you could say the defense
0: is going to be affected in a good way because they don't have to go back on the they don't have to go back on the field so very often with um, Alex Smith always throwing underneath the stick sort of first down. Those rare occasions where you throw it to where you throw the ball to, uh, Hill, and that would be well, once in a blue moon kind of opportunity. So, um, yeah, this is going to be an identity change. I think they got rid of the guys who didn't want to be here, as well as guys who who just didn't really. Care for the lifestyle of the league and things of that sort. My thing is with the with Smith leaving. This is Patrick Mahomes' team now. Uh, this is why he was drafted in the first round at number thirteen, and this is something that hey, Chiefs has been wanting a change. I think the Chiefs been wanting a change and you know they're out together this season. So at this point, we'll just have to go to watch these games with the Chiefs, see how he performs and go from there.
1: Now, Patrick Mahomes, you speak of him, he's known for having a big arm, being able to scramble around, make some plays happen. We talked about Sammy Watkins and what he did not get when he was with the Rams. Do you think that now that he's with a young guy who's going to be looking for somebody to be consistent and appears that the Chiefs are going to have more of a downfield passing attack, as you alluded to Alex Smith and his, you know, underneath, uh, you know, throws? Do you think that this is going to help Sammy Watkins finally, you know, reclaim the star that he once had?
0: I think he will because you got Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey on the opposite side, so teams don't have to focus directly on Sammy Watkins as they did as they did in Buffalo and Los Angeles before Robert Woods became more of an option. Because um, in those two those two destinations, he was the focal point of the offense, and not only was he the focal point of the offense, he was also the Best receiver on the team. He's still going to be the best receiver on the team, but if you put two guys on him, you have two other guys that can go and make plays. And we have seen Tyreek Hill and and Travis Kelsey make a lot of great plays. So this is definitely a definitely a dynamic. Team. I think Watkins has a bounce back here and and it's just gonna be a fun ride for the Chiefs and their fans at Darrowhead All right.
1: Their key rookies, defensive end, Breland speaks, defensive tackle, Derek Nandi, linebacker Dorian o- O'Daniel, and safety Armani Watts. Uh, any of those guys that you think are gonna, you know, be able to have a breakout season or contribute this season in a big way?
0: Well, not really at the moment. We'll just have to – I just want to see how they go through the preseason and and, um, and then see if they're high enough on the depth chart to even have to make a factor and uh, make an impact on the team.
1: All right. This is Know the Score. We're being brought to you by the CSPN. I'm your host, Don DeLaRente, and I'm joined by my co-host, the Libra icon, Dwayne, and we're previewing the AFC West. So we'll move on to the Los Angeles Chargers. Their key additions, center, Mike Pouncey, tight end, Virgil Green, and kicker, Caleb Sturgis. Their key losses, tight end, Antonio Gates, tight end, Hunter Henry due to uh, getting injured in OTAs, offensive guard, Matt Sawson, and edge rusher, Jeremiah show so chargers hard luck team in every game last year they always start slow but they always finish fast and they just didn't have enough time in a lot of games and time in the season last year Uh, philip rivers is still going to be out there slinging it around but his his old buddy antonio gates retired and his new buddy hunter henry is going to be injured so um Talk about what you see coming up for the Los Angeles Chargers. I know we don't have really – a lot of their moves that they made last year turned out to be, you know, some building blocks uh, for this upcoming season. But uh, through the losses on offense, how do you think that's going to affect Phillip Rivers in his upcoming season?
0: Well, oh, man, this is going to be tough because, you know, like you said, Phillip Rivers – you know, he doesn't have his tight end security blanket. He doesn't have Gates. He doesn't have Henry. Uh, he's going to find a way, though. That's one thing I can't say about him. And let's not act like, I mean, this is a team that um, that made some pretty decent moves themselves. So, um, but I want to say this we look here, uh, they're going to try to improve that record. And they have a new offensive coordinator, Ken Wisdenhood, as well. You uh, we got Melvin Gordon out the backfield. You have Keenan Allen, who was the comeback player of the year. You got Travis Benjamin on the opposite side. Uh, you got Mike Williams. You got Tyrell Williams. And Virgil Green, who came from the Denver Broncos, I think he'll probably be the guy. That will start in Hunter Henry's place. And and yeah, this is a team that actually will be one of the teams to contend for in the in the NS I mean, AFC West, sorry. Um despite the fact they play in the soccer stadium. But that's a whole other story. But um one thing and done also they signed uh they signed Russell Okung, so uh, Russell Okung is going to be in the left tackle position for the next four years, guarding Philip Rivers' blind side. So Philip Rivers will probably be able to stay upright a little bit longer, and and he'll be able to make those throws that you know Chargers fans, all three of them in LA, will enjoy. <laughs>
1: Their uh, draft, they added. Derwin James, Uchina Nelson. I'm sorry, I put you that, defensive tackle Justin Jones, and safety Kaiser White. So I know everybody's excited about Derwin James coming in, playing safety for them, adding to that defense. He should be able to flourish because they have such a beast pass rush up front with Joey Bosa and that crew, uh, putting a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what type of plays he can make. He's so smart. He's so fast. So it'll be very interesting. I think he's got a really good chance to be rookie of the year because yeah, you know he's going to get some, a, a lot of opportunities. I think to make some plays.
0: All right, and uh, so I think one thing, I think one thing that the three Charger fans and the Rams fans in LA can possibly agree upon is, hey, what what if uh, all Los Angeles Super Bowl is bound to happen? Uh, it could likely won't, but you never
1: know. All right. And then we're going to move on to the final team in the NFC West uh, excuse me, AFC West preview, and that is the Oakland Raiders. Their key additions are coach John Gruden, running back Doug Martin, receivers Jordy Nelson and Martavius Bryant, linebacker Tahir, Tahir Whit Whitehead, linebacker Derek Johnson cornerback Rashawn Melvin, cornerback Daryl Worley, and safety Marcus Gilchrist. Their key losses, receiver Michael Crabtree, defensive end Danico Autry, cornerback TJ Carey, and cornerback David Emerson, the place kicker Sebastian Janikowski, and punter Marquette King. So, the big news for the Raiders, of course, John Gruden coming out of the booth, coming into the coaching ranks once again with the Raiders' 10-year contract. So he's going to be paired up with uh, Derek Carr. Looks like they're going to try to do a hybrid of the Raiders traditional go down the field offense with John Gruden's West Coast uh, philosophies. So, you know, it's one thing to do it for a television show and spend a, you know, a weekend maybe with John Gruden, but how is life going to be for Derek Carr now that he's going to have John Gruden as his head coach?
0: Well, I think it's going to be a smooth transition in terms of in terms of this team getting the pieces together so with um with the fact that you know you're merging offenses for the most part, Derek Carter, if anything, is a professional uh true professional, he'll definitely adjust to this scheme he'll definitely find ways to make plays and and then once the once everything begins we should be having a um, a relatively good time in Oakland.
1: Yeah, they've got a lot of possibilities out there. It's just going to be can uh, I was talking to my cousin uh, just kind of can John Gruden and deal with these younger players you know if he hasn't coached anybody like a whole team of guys in you know a decade plus so it's going to be interesting to see if he can kind of connect with these guys and get them all focused and and in tune with his coaching style you know does his style still work you know
0: yeah that's, that's going to be the million dollar question because you know it's you know just like any other sport, the sport changes and schemes change, things change and it is, and that is because John grew into this team and their their new um, cause and mission is, it's, it's going to be a interesting ride because he's there for a long time and so I don't want uh, I'm sorry, we are going to go back. I, want, I don't want to see um, a team that's this good go down the drain, you know, because, you know, coaching can't adapt, you know. You got to adapt or perish. I think Gruden's seen enough football. I think he's seen enough Oakland Raider football over the years to say, you know, this is a situation that I can't come back to.
1: Right, right. In the draft, they added offensive tackle Colton Miller, uh, defensive tackle P.J. Hall, offensive tackle Brandon Parker, defensive end Arden Key, and defensive tackle Maurice Hurst. So uh, we know that John Gruden is going to want to run the football, so uh, adding uh, offensive linemen is, is not an uh, uh, out-of-the-blue thing for their draft picks. It um, seems like John Gruden is going to have to get Khalil Mack, into camp and onto the football field so he's got one pressing issue right now uh, as far as uh, personnel goes because he's in charge of everything so um, how can we foresee the Khalil Mack situation playing out do you think he's going to sit out some actual games or is this just the you know hey I'll sit out training camp make my voice heard and then I'll come play
0: I think it's going to be he's sitting out training camp uh, then he's gonna make his look known and the uh, displeasure of it all. known. that's what I think will happen here. The uh, the odds of that are pretty slim, but that Mac will get a new deal or the fact he'll sign, he'll let a report so. He's ready to sit as long as he can. And he's not hesitating on that. So what I wanna say for Khalil Mack is, you know, get your money and get what you feel like you deserve. And um, I think if uh Gruden does value Khalil Mack, which I definitely think he should, get him get him the money that he deserves, so It's one of those things where we just got to play it out and see see where it goes from here.
1: All right, so that is the AFC West. So at this time, Dwayne, I want to get your prediction on, again, who do you think is going to win the division, and do you think more than one playoff team will come from this division?
0: More than one playoff team will come from this division. I think the L.A. Chargers will win win. And I think the other team that's going to be in the playoffs is Kansas City. I think Kansas City can compete for the AFC West title. Oakland's is in the mix, definitely. And yeah, finally, you got the Denver Broncos right there. So,
1: Yeah, this division could be a lot closer than you would initially believe because I don't think that these teams are that far apart from each other.
0: That is correct. I think in the last few years one of the most tightly contested division races that always belonged in the ASC West. Uh this is a, uh and so now at the end of it all, I think you got a San uh say San Diego. Los Angeles and Oakland. Oakland's there. I think Oakland's gonna need a lot of work though to mesh under Gruden to get back into that grand scheme of things as well.
1: All right. So that's been our previews of the NFC and AFC West. So at this point I want to turn it over to Dwayne for his final thoughts and his thank yous. Uh final
0: thoughts. I wanna say uh thank you to all the listeners. I love doing this. I love Giving out my knowledge and my insight to you guys, so thank you for listening each and every week. I do it for y'all. Uh, Don as always, thank you for having me. Uh, shout out to Jesse and Tobias, my family back in North Carolina. And my final thought is the TBT, the basketball tournament. Uh, you remember, just being able to see alumni teams from different. Colleges. Uh, we have Scarlet and Gray, Ohio State. We have Bayheim's Army, guys from Syracuse. Um, we have so many different um, different um, teams and a lot of uh, college players that, you know, didn't really make it in the pros or are flourishing elsewhere. Team Fredette, uh, Jimmy Fredette, who is um, flourishing in China, but he is back in the states, uh, taking taking a shot at a two million dollar prize. This is a uh, this is a um, situation where where a lot of guys who who just want to play the game of basketball because they love the game of basketball. Uh, Greg Odin, who played last played two years ago, he's just playing. He played his first game in the TBT tournament, played his first game since twenty sixteen. And he just said that, you know, he's just there for fun and he's not looking to make a comeback. Um and then we have a lot of um, a lot of um, other guys. Uh you got Gail Force who's from Saint Marys, I wanna say, and a lot of NBA scouts they they do look at do look at guys in the TBT tournament to um, see if they can, you know, sign a G League contract and you know move it. Maybe even come back into the league. You never know. But Jim Fredette dropped forty one on on uh, the Fort Wayne uh, team last night, so that was pretty awesome to see. It's kind of like two thousand eleven all over.
1: Yeah, I caught a little bit of that uh, Scarlet and Gray uh, game, and uh, Aaron Craft was out there doing work. So, yes, he was it's kind of cool to see some of those guys from, uh, you know, a couple of years not too far removed uh, still out there putting in some work. So, yeah, good deal that they got going on over there at the TBT. Uh, my final thoughts and thank yous will be just please support the show by going to CSPN.us, click on a tab that says – Uh, Keep the podcast free, go buy a t-shirt from Busty Tees, be cool this summer, and help know the score. That's CSPN.us through Busty Tees. Um, My final, final thought for the uh, sports would be uh, congratulations to all the guys who are going into the Major League Hall of Fame, as we have Jack Morris, Alan Trammell, Vladimir Guerrero, Jim Tomey, Chipper Jones, and Trevor Hoffman for this year's class. Uh, all guys pretty much deserving. Can't believe that Alan Trammell was just getting into the Hall of Fame. He's, that is wow. He's, he's such a great player, especially uh, my early years of watching baseball. Uh, him yes. and Jack Morris uh, being teammates on the 1984 Detroit Tigers, so I guess that's very fitting. Uh, we need some uh, sweet Lou in there too, Lou Whitaker, but maybe yeah. next year.
0: Yeah, Jack, Jack Morris also, man, that legendary World Series game, that 10-inning shot out. Yeah, was, that was one of my favorite baseball moments ever. You know, so you know, pitch not only a complete game, but an extra inning in a World Series Game Seven—that was just astounding.
1: Uh, Vladimir Guerrero, um, of course, you know, one of the most feared hitters uh, and also feared <laughs> outfielders uh, in the game. Definitely deserving. Uh, Jim Tome, just a you know longevity. You know, Charlotte always, Knights, <laughs> always consistent. Um, you know, one of the top home run hitters in the uh game. Chipper Jones lived up to the hype. Number one pick. He and uh Ken Griffey Jr. are the only two number one picks to be uh selected into the Hall of Fame.
0: Can I can I interject on
1: don't don't let your hate rate come through on No, 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 let me let
0: me as a baseball fan, Chipper was awesome. As a Met fan, he just tortured me, man. And I can't get over that. And I still hate the fact that he named his son after the Shea Stadium, Patty. But that's okay, though. Congratulations to Chipper Jones as well, deserved.
1: So. Yeah, man. Chipper uh, Jones, uh, he's been in the spotlight since he's like 16 years old. I think he was the first minor league baseball player, high school baseball player, excuse me, to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Um, just, you know, he got injured. He was an outfielder. He got injured, and that might have been the best thing that ever happened to him because it moved him from the outfield to third base, and then he became one of the most feared hitters and switch hitters uh, in the game. I think he's the only switch hitter to have a 1,000 plate appearances with a 300 batting average, 400 on base, and 500 slugging percentage. So much deserved for Chipper Jones. And Trevor Hoffman, Uh, I was
0: about to say, you can't leave out Trevor Hoffman. Yes,
1: uh, all-time saves leader.
0: Um, Yeah, with your Tipper love here.
1: Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Trevor, we'll get to him. Uh, Trevor Hoffman, all-time saves leader. Um, Did it without overpowering stuff. He didn't have, you know, the 103-mile-an-hour fastball. Did it with a lot of cunning and and guy. He was a second-career guy, too. You know, he was a guy who started off as a starter. And then kind of, that didn't work out for him, but then he found his niche uh, as a closer. So, much love to him as well so you know all guys deserving of the baseball hall of fame you know gasking this hall of fame can be very petty sometimes but i think they really did well with this class this year they really
0: did i agree i agree yeah. and, and i and i could even put my pettiness aside and <laughs> and you know shout out shippers
1: so yeah yeah so well like. deserved so big shout-out to them. Uh, big shout-out to, like Dwayne said, all the fans, everybody who listens, Jesse and Tobias, um, all the uh, podcasters on the CSPN who, who do the content sacrifice their time each and every week. I really appreciate them and all that they do for the network and all the listeners as well. So continue to support us, and we'll continue to let you know the scores.